Amen. Well, it's my privilege to bring part seven of this series that we've been doing called Lifted. And I think I shared this already, but when I first thought of this series, this was, you know, I don't know, five or six weeks, maybe two months before there was anything called COVID-19 crisis. And I just had this stirring inside of me. I think I want to change that whole series that I was going to do. I think I want to call it uh, maybe the lifting or lifting or lift or lifted. And I really do, as I'm looking back, I think it was something prophetic, stirring up. I mean, I'm praying and, and, and you can kind of connect the dots, right? That one of the things that most of us right now are most eager to hear about is... <laughs> about lifting of stay-in-place orders, lifting about the lockdown, lifting of you can't eat at a restaurant. I mean, some of us are driving to Arizona just to eat in a restaurant because we want something to be lifted. Well, uh, I, I had thought this series was going to be four weeks, but then something inside of me was saying, ah, keep going. Let's just keep preaching on lifted until it's lifted. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be this coming week or not. But I do know that I'm, I'm wrapping up this series, Lifted, now, and it's, it's an important one. Uh, how many of you enjoy the, the process of looking back on your life and, and thinking about all that happened in days gone by? I enjoy moments like that. And I want to just share about this one little moment. If you were with me 11 or 12 years ago, and that might not be very many, but you might remember, you know, we, we had some, a season where there was a, a person that was part of our team as the worship leader that was incredibly gifted. And I remember, you know, this, this time when I would think about that guy and I was thinking to myself, you know what, if we ever lost that guy, I think maybe our church would fall apart. <laughs> it was just, it was so good. And I was so really deeply concerned about about that. I thought, man, this, this is like the golden child, and maybe this is the real reason that anything good is happening in our church, is because this guy was so anointed and so good when he led worship. And uh, it was actually a deep-seated fear for me. You know, what if he ever left? We, we would probably crash and we'd probably fall apart. The church maybe would just fall apart altogether. I'm not even kidding. I really felt that way. I remember the day when he came to me and he handed me a, a white envelope. <laughs> Some of you know where this kind of story goes. And I opened it up and it said, you know, I'm resigning, I'm quitting. And I remember, with, without being able to even restrain myself, falling on the floor and beginning to cry. And then the crying turned into sobbing. And then this guy, out of being so uncomfortable, just left the room. And, and I just collapsed on the floor, weeping, sobbing, crying, because the worst thing that I could ever have imagined, at least in that little moment, actually was happening right before my eyes. And as I got up from the floor that day, uh, I, I thought maybe it was going to be all over. Fast forward. <laughs> Here we are, right? My worst fears, they didn't come tr true. They weren't realized. Actually, I, I walked right through my worst fears, what I'm trying to tell you. And it, and it left me unscathed on the other side. I came through it. I came through it. But I, it's only because of being 10 or 12 years removed that I can easily kind of, with a smile on my face, remember those days and say, ha, see what God did. Because, you know, when you're looking back, you see things so much differently than you experience them in the middle of that moment with all of its tension, all of its difficulty, all of its challenge, all of its weight and gravity. And I want us today to Im imagine doing a look back. And I want you to right now just imagine yourself 16 months from now. <laughs> 
20 months from now. Imagine you a, a, a year and a half from now. Just imagine you and imagine business is going well. Imagine your hours at work are regular. Imagine your, your finances are shoring up and your bills are getting paid. Imagine you're able to go out to the movies. <laughs> you're able to you know, have a nice dinner out. You, you're actually able to plan a trip and take that trip without ever being concerned about it. Just imagine that future, right? And if you could take yourself there for a second, and if you could look back at now, what would you tell yourself? Would you maybe tell yourself, you can trust in the Lord? I hope that you could tell yourself that. And I want us to turn to the scriptures today in Psalm 40. I want you to open up the Bible right now to Psalm 40. And as you're turning there to Psalm 40, what you're going to find is a, a moment where there's, there's a look back that takes place. And it's an important look back. It's one that I'm inviting you to do uh, together with me. And I want you to take to heart what we're listening to. We're going to listen to the words of King David. And David is sharing with us a look back moment that we ought to take to heart. So if you haven't opened your scripture yet, open there now to Psalm chapter 40. And I'm just going to dive in right at the beginning, the first, the first few verses. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. And he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see what he's done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or those who worship idols. Oh, Lord our God, you've performed many wonders for us, and your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. <laughs> oh, I love this psalm, and I love that this is King David, the, one of the, the greatest figures in the scriptures, and, and one of the most celebrated kings, the most celebrated king of God's people, Israel. And he's doing this look back and the look back starts with these particular words. I waited patiently. Why don't you just say, I waited patiently. <laughs> I waited patiently. Yeah, I waited patiently. It's interesting. Uh, this, this past week, I was, uh, I was doing some kind of a, a little selfie picture or something. And I took the picture, and then I looked at it before I was going to post it. And I realized, man, do I really have that many moles on my face? Do I really have that much bags under my eyes? Do I really have that pimple right there? Is this for real? <laughs> Come on, don't tell me I'm the only one who ever looked at a selfie that way. And <laughs> what I did after I saw that was I, I, I tried again. Except the next time, I put on this filter, swiped it that way, got the, you know, the, the filter, I put this button and had uh, that effect, and all of a sudden I had the most rosy, glowing skin, imaginable, blemish-free, eyes piercing in blue. <laughs> so I, I applied this filter, and it changed the way everything looked. You know, I think David, it's like he's got the future filter on as he's looking back at the past. And he's able to say about himself, I waited patiently for the Lord. I'm like, hold on, did you now? Did you really wait patiently, David? Because I've read some of your other poems. <laughs> I know the kind of things that you said when you were, quote, waiting patiently. Like, for example, in Psalm 6, verses 3 and 4, David says, Oh, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn and deliver me. Save me. Right? 
I waited patiently for the Lord, right? In Psalm 13, verses two and three, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will the enemy triumph over me? Look on me, answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'll sleep in death. I mean, you hear what he's saying, right? God, come through, I'm gonna die. <laughs> but I waited patiently for the Lord. Isn't it interesting how the look back affords us a, a filter to kind of clean up <laughs> what we were doing and how it really went down. And David, David saying, I waited patiently for the Lord, even though we can easily see what his patiently waiting actually looked like gives me kind of some hope. It tells me it's all right if there's, some, if there's some despair in my patient waiting. It tells me it's okay if, if I'm struggling with, with thoughts that are, are really dark in my time of waiting. It tells me that, that it's all right if I, I'm, I'm really hurting inside while I'm patiently waiting. And, and I, I want you to have permission today to acknowledge the difficulty of it all and, and to be able to say it hurts, God. It's tough in this moment. So I want to take you back to the scripture, Psalm 40. And why don't you say verse 1 out loud with me. Ready? Go. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. You know, I, I thank God for what we just read. The fact that, that David says he turned to me. He turned to me, and he heard my cry. Because this is really a description of, of God in this moment. This is David saying, can I tell you about my God for a moment? He's compassionate. And when he hears his daughter crying out because she doesn't know what to do, he turns and hears her cry. I love this. It's David saying, can I tell you a little bit about my God? Can I tell you about what he's like? Because he's full of mercy and compassion. And so when he hears his son just roaring and groaning because he's hurting inside, he listens and he turns and he comes near. It's David saying, can I just tell you about my God for a moment? He's so full of unfailing love that when his daughter is weeping because she can't even put into words how heavy her heart is, he turns, he hears that cry. It's David saying, let me tell you about what my God is like. He is so full of mercy that when his son is yelling things that shouldn't even be said in public in his time of connecting with God, he turns, he hears that cry. I'm grateful that this is David saying, I'll tell you, this is what my God is like. He turned and he heard the cry of his anointed one, his son, and he's turning towards you right now. I just hope that maybe you've got some crying out in this season. I hope you're letting yourself do the crying out. It's real easy in this moment to just numb ourselves out with another bunch of episodes or another round of whatever game or whatever else we might numb ourselves out with. But I'm urging you, make this time of fasting and prayer over these next couple days, make it a time where you, you would let yourself cry out to God about everything you need to cry out because here's what I know about him. He's going to turn and hear your cry. Another translation said he inclined his ear towards me. He's turning. He's listening. He's got compassion. He's got empathy. He's got unfailing love and a father's heart for you. And he's turning towards you right now. Yeah, verse 2 says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, 
out of the mud and the mire. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Why don't you just say the title of my message to somebody that you're watching with or maybe even by yourself and just say, this is the pits. (laughs) This is the pits. I mean, it's okay to say it, right? This is the pits. None of us ever thought that we would be where we are right now. I mean, every one of us that had the question asked in 2015, oh, where do you think you're going to be in 2020? None of us imagined, oh, I'm going to be on lockdown for two and a half months. This is the pits. I mean, even if everything's going great, this is the pits. I mean, just being on lockdown in and of itself, but you add on to that, uh, the pandemic and the crisis in the economy, there's so much that's difficult in this moment, and it's the pits. It's all right to say so, too. It's okay to acknowledge when things are hard. This is the pits. There is something of a pit of despair. And, you know, despair is, is that thing that you feel when it seems like there's no way out. Despair is that, that emotion that rises up when you feel utterly and completely trapped and stuck. Despair is what you feel when it seems like there's no good options and that there's no good possibilities. And for a lot of us, this season has been marked by that, by feeling despair. Not all of us, but for a good number of us, that's the reality, is there's been a sense of of despair, and it's the pits. David talks about it uh, in terms of mud and mire. Another translation says the miry clay. And mud speaks of the messiness and the dirtiness and the, and the I can't get it off feeling that goes along with a moment like this. The mud speaks to me of the lack of clarity, like water that you, you should be able to see through, but when it's muddy, you can't even make anything out through it. It's muddy and the mire. If you've ever gone hiking after it's rained a whole lot, maybe you can relate to this. You, you start hiking and you're in these dirt trails and all of a sudden you look down and your, your feet weigh like five pounds each because there's all of this muddy clay dirt that's caked onto your boots and, and every step takes twice as much energy just because of the weight of that mud on you. But imagine that not just on your feet but in your, in your whole life and, and that feeling of being stuck And that's right where a whole lot of us have been these last two months, in that feeling of of that miry clay, that stuckness. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a show that I used to watch as a kid, and I think I caught it when it was reruns. So if you're younger than 30, you're going to have to look this up on YouTube, but you should because it's national treasure. (laughs) I'm talking about Gilligan's Island. And I remember a number of times on that show, there was these scenes where they'd be stuck in quicksand. In this one particular scene, there's this moment where the skipper uh, gets stuck in this quicksand, and he's crying out, and Gilligan comes to the rescue, and, and Gilligan's like, hold on, I'm going to get these vines. And he starts pulling on the vines and pulling on these vines. And meanwhile, the skipper ha- has actually grabbed hold of these vines, but Gilligan doesn't know it. And Gilligan's pulling and yanking on these vines, and it's actually pulling the skipper up. And uh, then finally, at the end of it all, the skipper is free and clear, it, it, just like that. He's been lifted out of the quicksand. And to me, it's a picture of what is possible when you walk with the living God. That he is able to save. He is able to deliver. He is able to do miraculous lifting. 
And what might have taken two years in therapy and counseling, our God can do in an instant. He really can. And what seems like it would be impossible with man, with our God, can be accomplished miraculously. He does the lifting. Why don't you say verse 2 out loud with me? Say it. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He lifted me. Remember, this is a look back. This is David, how many years later, we don't know, but looking back, remembering the difficulties, but saying, this is what God did. When I was in the middle of it, all I felt was the mud and the mire, but looking back, I see it clearly. He did it. He lifted me, and you and me, I'm telling you this with prophetic faith. We're going to have a time in the future. We're going to look back on these COVID days, and we're going to go, God lifted us out of that. He lifted us. I declare it with full prophetic faith he's going to do it. He lifted me. I want to share with you how God does this kind of lifting in our lives. I mean, there's so many ways God lifts us. Let me just share five ways that God does this kind of lifting. First of all, sometimes he changes circumstances, outright changes circumstances. That's one of the ways he does his lifting in our lives. Sometimes he changes the supernatural uh, circumstance supernaturally. Sometimes he changes the circumstance naturally. But this is one of the ways he sometimes lifts us. I've been praying that God would change the circumstance of everything related to COVID-19. Would you join me in praying that God would absolutely change the circumstance, even change human immune systems, even change our response to this, this virus, whatever it is. And let's see if we might not have a testimony one day of how God did it. It's one of the ways he lifts. A second way he lifts us is through relationships and community. This is one of the ways God does his lifting in our lives, through relationships and community. God brings people around us that just by being there with some empathy, some love, some care, it causes our hearts to be warmed up and lifted out of that dark place. And, and we have a tendency, some of us, to withdraw from people when we're in pain, when what we actually need more is to come close and let people get in, up close in our lives because that might be how God wants to deliver his lifting love to us through relationships and community. Number three, one of the ways he lifts us is through the prayers of a friend. Through a, a friend coming along with the power of the Holy Spirit and praying for you. God in his word says that the prayers of a righteous person avail much. God's saying, yeah, I can do my lifting through a prayer of faith of a friend that comes by your side. That's one of the ways he does his lifting. A fourth way God does his lifting in our life is through prophetic words. Somebody who's just full of the Holy Spirit and tracking with what, what God is saying and bringing that, that word that brings edification and encouragement and exhortation, and that lifts you when you hear a prophetic word. One of the ways God lifts us, the fifth way is through a change of mindset or perception. A change of mindset or perception. Sometimes we're a lot less stuck than we thought, and we simply need to have a change of mindset or perception. And we need to ask God, would you change my mindset right now? And that may be one of the ways he's going to do some lifting in our lives. It's important. It's, it's important we take to heart his word. Again, in verse 2, it says in the second part, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He set my feet on solid ground. Another translation says he placed my feet upon the rock. 
I, I need him to do this for me. You need him to do this for you. One day you're going to look back and you're going to say, and he did. You know what? This past week I had an experience of that. <laughs> I know I might sound like a broken record because it seems like the last time I spoke, I shared about feeling extremely low, depressed even, and God lifting me. But again, this past week, one of those moments where that lowness of the miry clay was setting in on me, and I needed my God to do some lifting in me. And you know what happened? We had our, our CP Hope Rally, and, and, and it was a drive-in Hope Rally. And I hadn't seen many of you for months, and I didn't realize how badly I just needed to see some of your faces to know that we really were the body of Christ. I was extremely low. One of those low points where you're texting people you hadn't even messaged in a long time saying, hey, can you pray for me? One of those moments, right? And on Wednesday, I was still there, and I almost didn't want to make it to the CP Hope Rally, but I, I was there, and I positioned myself out in the parking lot right by the driveway to just see people coming in. And one after another, many of you, drove into that parking lot and through your windows, unless they were tinted too darkly, I could see one face after another of people I love and who I feel love from. And it was like each person I saw, the tank was just getting filled up a little bit more. And what was happening is God was dropping a mighty big old crane into my life and hooking it onto my spirit and just pulling up pulling up, and he did it through a simple experience of coming together in community. Hey, he did some lifting in my life. I, I came home that night literally changed by the love that can flow from brothers and sisters in community. I was lifted, and I'm glad to say about it. But it said he set my feet on solid ground. He steadied me as I walked along. And David is looking back, but in that moment, he didn't know what was going to happen. It's only in looking back that he could see, yep, there was solid ground just ahead. And I want to tell you right now, there's solid ground just ahead. There's solid ground in your business. It might take a new form and go in a different direction than it did before, but there's solid ground ahead. There's solid ground ahead in your family in your relationships with each other, where there's been so much strain and strife because of being almost too close together, there is a solid ground ahead for you in your finances. And where right now it has seemed for some of us that it's been nothing but lack, there's solid ground ahead in your finances where God shows his faithfulness to you and it evens out and you're doing well and he's giving what you need in full measure. There's solid ground ahead in your children's lives, in their education. There's solid ground ahead in whatever aspect you can think of. I'm asking you to lay hold of that today and to believe God for it. There's solid ground ahead. And just say it with me prophetically. Say, there's solid ground ahead. Say it. There's solid ground ahead. Say it one more time. There's solid ground ahead. This is what we get to do. We get to anticipate the lifting that our God's going to do. We are going to have a moment like David where one day we're going to do the look back and we're going to say he lifted me. But right now, let's put on that future filter and look back and look ahead and say with some prophetic faith, there's solid ground ahead. I believe God for it. Verse 3, it says, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. He's given us a new song. 
That's kind of what's happening in this moment, is he's giving us a new song. You know what I've discovered about songs is that some of the best songs come from, from hearts that have known difficulty and pain. And the new song that comes that is the best usually is birthed out of a season of trial or challenge where God's faithfulness was evident. And he's birthing right now inside of me and you a new song. He, he's bringing a new song. He's putting a new song in our mouth as a whole church. And, and the song is going to include verses that are going to say, yeah, this whole COVID-19 thing happened. And it was the worst thing I've experienced in my life. But he set me free. He was caring for me through it. He faithfully carried me through it. He sheltered me in it. And we're going to have a song to sing. As individuals, we're going to have a new song to sing. A new song that includes a verse in our life about that time when we didn't know what was going to happen, but God was consistent and constant and faithful to us. Even as we begin to come back to meeting together, it's going to be a new song. And what I mean by that is new ways of even doing what we do together. New exciting ways of being able to be together, some of us online, some of us in person. And yeah, it might be a new song that includes six feet. <laughs> it might include masks and that kind of thing, at least for some period of time. And that's okay. If God wants to allow a new song to include verses that include some of that for a season, we'll step into it with excitement and with a trust in him that he's good and that his new song is worth singing. But the result is what we, is what we land with. And the result comes in verse 3 where it says, many will see what he has done and be amazed and they will put their trust in the Lord. Many will see what the Lord has done and be amazed and put their trust in the Lord. You know, if you're joining me today and all this is kind of new for you, just being a part of a church experience, this is the heart of it, what I just read. That, that there would be a way in which you would see something of the essence of who God is. And that you would move into a place of saying, man, I got a lot of questions, but I trust God. And maybe it's a, a new thought for you to even have, but probably because of the difficulty, the tension, the pain over these last couple months, something inside of you has awoken to the fact that you really do need God. And you've been drawn in, you've been participating online in church, but it's, it's not because you needed to watch a screen, it's because you needed the Lord God Almighty in your life. And the best thing you could do is right here and now, be one of those ones that that verse talks about. Many will put their trust in the Lord. And I want to invite you to do that right here and right now, to put your trust in the Lord. God has done such great things in my life. I wish I had time to tell you about all of the ways he's rescued and delivered me. But the bottom line for me is this, is that I've discovered that there's no better way to live my life than to live it on the foundation of God's faithfulness. And it, it had to start at a certain moment in time for me. And it started for me when I was 14 years old and I felt the weight of sin and shame and guilt. I didn't know how to get it off of me like a person with mud on their boots wouldn't know how to get it off in the middle of a hike. And I had a, an opportunity to hear that Jesus was willing to forgive me and save me. If I would just turn to him and say, Jesus, forgive me. I turn from my sins. Would you save me? And I did that. 
and he washed away the guilt, washed away the shame. He came near to me. He activated his purpose in me, and he's filled me with his love and his power and the hope of eternity ever since. And I'm grateful I get to live that way, but I want you to know that you can live that way too, knowing you're forgiven, knowing you're saved, knowing that you have put your trust in the Lord to save you. And that it's no longer about whether you're going to try to fix yourself or save yourself, but you know that God is the one who's forgiving and saving you. You know, the scripture says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If. If. This isn't forced on you. This is, this is offered to you. The opportunity to believe in Jesus and trust in him. And maybe right now the best thing you could do would be to turn from your sin, repent, and ask Jesus to forgive you and save you. To have a moment where you once and for all say, Jesus, you're Lord. You are Lord of my life. I give it to you. This is something only you can really do. No one else can do this for you. You're your praying grandma can't do it for you. Your spouse who's hoping for the best for you can't do it for you. You do this. You have this moment where you say once and for all, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I give it to you. And I want to pray for you that that would happen. That you would have a moment of spiritual awakening right here and right now. Why don't you pray with me? Just pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that there was a moment when you allowed me, God, to hear the simple truth of the gospel, that there was a way to be forgiven, there was a way to have the power of God in my life to live with an overcoming spirit now and on into eternity, and that it comes through Jesus. And thank you, God, that you allowed me to just wake up one day and to finally start that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I pray for that for somebody who's a part of this experience right now to have a spiritual awakening in this moment, to once and for all say, Jesus, I need you. And right where you are, right where you are, if you've never given your life to Jesus, would you do it? Would you once and for all say, Jesus, would you forgive my sin and save my life? And ask him to do it. And just pray with me and say it out loud, Jesus, would you forgive my sin and save my life? Just say it to him, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I'm yours from this moment on. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, we all pray and everybody say it together, amen. Amen. Our God is so good and he's worth our, our praise. He's worth our, our worship. Just sing out for a moment.